We often have very candid conversations here on the Broke Black Bougie podcast, but today's episode is very different because as we've heard, you know, with April being Financial Literacy Month, so many people are having conversations about budgeting, saving, learning to invest, cryptocurrency, very important discussions about how to maneuver this world, especially within a pandemic and the experiences that we learned from um, our first year being within this pandemic. And so this time around, I thought it would be important to have a conversation centered on money and family trauma from the lens of uh, a very personal experience that my sister Toya had to navigate. Um, And I myself witnessed how sometimes decisions made on behalf of adults can trigger or impact um, the future of our financial wellness journey or our financial health rather. So today is going to be a candid conversation, um, unpacking this from a very personal level. I'm going to be honest, I was a little bit hesitant about having this discussion today um, because we had this discussion before I recorded it, but I was just like, hmm, I don't want to make it seem like laughy, laughy, this, that, and the third, or too, like, not not too serious, because this is supposed to be a serious conversation, and I also didn't want it to seem like I was trying to make a joke or mockery out of the discussion we were having. Um, furthermore, I want this episode to be able to reach the people that it needs to be able to reach so that people can understand how to maneuver these circumstances when they are functioning through it, you know, money and families, relationships, and sometimes how decisions that happen that are out of our control um, end up impacting our future. Uh, this is not the stories that will be shared today, rather, um, are not stories that are like, hey, uh, harm this person or fuck this person or, or you know, uh, hit them up. You know, that's it, not what, what this conversation is about, but it's more so about unveiling something that almost feels like a family secret, right? Um, it has been hidden for so long and we know that there's someone out there Um, who has a similar story and is navigating this stress. So let's talk about what's real. Let's talk about things that happen to us and experiences that sometimes can, you know, shape a Black family or harm a Black family in a negative way. Let's talk about real conversations um, where our financial literacy oftentimes does not start with us, but the stories of those who come before us and, and the decisions that they make. Um, so with that being said, before politicking, you know, we catching up, we going to check in. Sis, Toya, let me know how you're feeling. I feel all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so you're feeling great. <laughs> I'm so corny. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, I'm glad you're feeling all right, all right, all right. But it was just much more, um, much more bright, so to speak. Um, yeah, it's late. <laughs> I don't mind. I know. I don't mind either. I think, you know, this is a great time to have the conversation where we're just like, mm, you know, just releasing and 
<laughs> taking it a day at a time and being able to say how we feel. I know for me, sis, I'm over here like, ugh, I'm kind of annoyed for the week. You know, you got Saturday and you got Sunday and it just feels like it never could be long enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Ugh, so I'm just trying to deal with that. How do you feel about today's conversation? To be honest, for one, let me just back chat. Like you said, it's, it's late. But I think for me personally, my thoughts and everything start to wander at night. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes that can be a bad thing. Um, just trying to gather up all the things that you desire to do. But um, but the conversation, you know, was always, un- to be honest, it's always unsettling. Yeah. Because you are speaking your truth. And yet there are people who are tied to your truth and it's not to dog them, it's not to disgrace them. It's just speaking what has taken place that has affected your life in the long haul. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a important conversation because we hear stories all the time about things that happen within the family. Like my mom took out, you know, $3,000 on my my credit and I didn't know about it until it was time for me to get an apartment and that's something that I have to clean up or like my dad took out all of these different credit lines in my name and I don't know what to do I can't say I'm going to sue them but I can prove that this is not like this is not my doing there was no way I could take something out like this you know and then the kid gets hit with the kid gets hit with you know the, the consequences of decisions out of survival or sometimes decisions that are not out of survival. They're just out of people thinking that this is the right thing to do when it's morally wrong, you know? Um, So yeah, I think today's conversation is important because it centers like financial literacy in a different way, right? When we're talking about education and what happens sometimes when your education can get disrupted or when people make decisions that it just doesn't make any sense for you. And like, I I feel like still to this day, it doesn't make sense, but we're going to get into it. So, you know, without further ado, I think it's time for us to just go into the politicking segment. And uh, if you stay tuned, you know what we're talking about, you know what's going on. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just trying to lighten up the mood. So let's get into it. So politicking with y'all all um, today, I think a great way to segue into the conversation that we're going to have is have um, Toya unpack, you know, as my older sister, um, when did she notice that there was a uh, financial issue within our household? Like when you're growing up in a household, it's a black ass household, um, your parents are Southern as fuck. There are a lot of things that you learn. And some of the things that we learned in the household was what happens in this household stays in this household, which I fucking hate. Because if there is something wrong with the foundation, all of that shit is going to crumble. And somehow, some way in order to fix it, if there's a leak, you're going to have to be able to speak up and say what is going on or how you need to get help so that you can be supported. Um, Number two, the struggles of the household, right? Uh, were definitely kept quiet. And I feel like for any family who is, you know, struggling, especially if you don't come from, you know, a family where you're rich, right? 
um, living in poverty, sure, everyone has to a certain extent where we grew up at, they were living in poverty, but there were things that we didn't all necessarily share or speak on. And I feel like in particular for our household, there were certain things that we didn't talk about because of what being poor represented. Or when you were talking to people in your family who weren't as struggling, right? How the perception of that may be. And through like past experiences that our parents had leaning on others for support or what it felt like to be on bended need and also to be um, shitted on essentially, right? When you go out and you ask for help and then the same people who are helping you are also harming you, it can become very challenging to have certain conversations. So I know for, for instance, in my experience, where those first examples of saying like, eh, something is wrong in the household. But for you, Toya, I want to, I just want to hear, you know, you unpack a little bit what that looked like. I know we talked about this experience a lot on here, but um, it's very important that we resurface this discussion because, you know, what we're about to segue into. Yeah. Um, uh, my first, my first true realization that we were not financially um, where we needed to be was at the age of 14 mm-hmm. where things were starting to come full circle. And the reason why I say at the age of 14 is because a lot of which we didn't have the means to have money. Uh, uh, my father wanted to place me into a private school after I finished um, middle school. At that time, yeah. At that time. And I think... At the age of 14, there's, there's a lot of things that can be on your mind at that moment, like boy, boys, uh, friends, and all this other stuff. But I can remember, I'm just kind of like really truly fast forward just to give you the gist of it. Um, just really uh, being transparent at the moment with my father, who I know is the only income in the household mm-hmm. that is already stretching to the max to support three other individuals mm-hmm. and you are now trying to give me the best with the, with the quote unquote, what you felt is the best, a better education for me. But in the end, it did more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, telling your parent at the age of 14, I know you can't afford this was the hardest thing I think I had, I ever had to do. Speaking of, like you, yeah, yeah. Because like you said, you know, kids, that old saying, kids were seen and not heard, mm. which is also so wrong. Because you think about it, if <laughs> it's so funny, out the mouth of babes, I'm telling you as your child that I see what we're already dealing with when it comes to keeping food on the table, putting clothes on our back, right? paying different bills, whether it be gas and electric, whether it be your, 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 um, your car insurance, hell, even just getting gas for mm-hmm. your vehicle. Mm-hmm. All this is tying into already what your, what your check is already stretching out for. Right. And it's not going far. So that's, so telling your parent at a very young age, listen, I know what you're trying to do, but at this moment in time, you can't do it. That's when I realized that we we were not financially, quote unquote, where we needed to be. So I just want to stop you right here um, before continuing to ask you about 
you know, your experience. Um, because it's so often, right. It's one of those things where, you know, you stayed in in the child's place, you know, um, and your words don't necessarily hold weight. Like there are certain experiences that you may have and you're able to speak on, but when it comes to the affairs of the household, it's kind of like those things that you need to remain silent. And so I want to talk about a little bit, you know, your experience going, um, to, to that school, you know, seeing how the, what the tuition was like, recognizing that that's something that your parent definitely could not afford. And then, um, I want to tap into, you know, the the response that was received by the adult in the room uh, about your statements. Like, how was that received? Because oftentimes I know that black parents be like, well, I'm trying to make this work. And you ain't going to tell me how, how, you know, if if I got to struggle or, you know, uh, uh, stop eating out for a few nights or, or, you know, make the sacrifice. I'm going to make the sacrifice for my child. But it wasn't during that day, wasn't it? That, like you guys, after after attending that spot, you were actually going to uh, food coverage, right? Because I was eight, yes. I didn't really remember. Like you're fourteen, I'm eight, I'm still in grade school. I mean, I know that you know you had a meeting, but I don't know to the degree about what this was about. So, can we just shift gears into talking about that experience for a second? How was it received? And um. Yeah, just just how was how was that received? It's funny because I can remember to this day. It seems like like I can feel that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't received well. Yeah, I'm just gonna be honest. It was not received well. Um, just kind of backtrack. You know, back in the day where they used to have <laughs> three phases of school, and what I mean, what I mean by three phases is you got elementary middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. If you were lucky enough to be in a middle school that had also had a high school, you didn't have to leave your your current middle school. So with me, I was um, just finishing up eighth grade. And yet the decision was coming down to figuring out what schools I wanted to uh, apply to. And and yet which schools would accept me. And then I would, I would choose from there. And I can't remember the paper offhand, what we had to sign, but it was three schools that I wanted to be in. And these three schools, um, I ended up getting um, accepted, accepted into one. And in my mind, this is where I'm headed. Right. Public school, you know, doesn't matter, you know, with all the other shenanigans, but public school, um, starting my ninth grade year, blase, blase, blase. But my father had other plans in mind. Mm. Um, I can't, I can't even really quite think about how that came to mind. Only thing I can really truly think about was a coworker of his that had his daughter enrolled into, um, private school. Yeah because she was dealing with some issues, quote unquote, in public school that was causing some problems that was um, kind of taking her off track. Yeah, disrupting her, yeah. Exactly, so that's why she was placed in private school. So I don't know if there was a conversation between my father and his coworker about you know, how the school, blase, blase, but fast forward, I'm going to this school for the very first time, beautiful, very beautiful, mm-hmm. but seeing the prices of tuition for us for a year was like, okay. Which is hard to we, take in, right? Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, because I really don't want to cut off your no, no, story. No, 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 you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Like you said, it is hard to take in mm-hmm. because ideally, you know, the ambiance of the whole school, just just the way I felt when I was in there, it was, it was, it was, 
it was a good feeling, but yeah. in my heart, like I said, I knew we couldn't we couldn't afford what we were seeing. You know, it kind of baffles me a little bit because when you think about like the prices of private school, it's a whole different setup from what students in public school, you know, have to deal with. Um, you get free and reduced lunch, you know, like we were students who qualified for free and reduced lunch. Right. But for us, it was free. Um, those who had reduced lunch, it would probably be like they would pay um, a couple dollars every day um, in order to have uh, lunch, which I felt like was outrageous because it could have been completely free, but it was based on the income of the family. And technically every step of the way, like within our family, we were, we were considered low income. There's no way around the fact that like, we weren't high income earners. We weren't even in the middle class, you know, um, both of our parents did not have, um, a college degree. All we had was, you know, all they had was high school, the high school degree and work experience. And so, especially the jobs in which that, you know, surrounded in our hometown city, they didn't pay a lot. You know what I'm saying? We came from a low income family and that just is what it is. And so for me and my experience, like when you're going to school, you don't have to pay for, um, uh, you don't, I, I didn't have to pay for lunch. Right. Uh, we didn't have vending machines, but what we did have is like a snack bar where, you know, different snacks would be, be sold. Um, there will even be times where, you know, food would be provided for us free in a classroom or something of, of that sense. There wasn't a lot of money tied to going to school, but what we did recognize is quote unquote, the difference between kids who had it and who went to our schools and kids who did not right. Based on quote unquote gear and certain experiences. And, and I guess we can save that for a whole nother time. So how was that experience for you going to a private school, recognizing that like our family is, is poor as fuck and struggling and then being a, a, a essentially, I don't want to say poor black body, but that's, that's, those are the identities that we walked with during that time. Right. Um, being a poor black body in a private school that is prestigious in the middle of the hood in Rochester. I think the problem, you know, it's, it's, it's so much to unravel that I'm just trying to like, you know, squeeze it Mm -hmm. to the point where it's not as much (laughs) <laughs> that I'm trying to give you every single bit of detail. I'm trying to give you the gist of what yeah, you know, took place. Of course. But um, it's just the fact that, you know, when you can't, as a parent, a- afford the admission fee and you have to borrow that money from your own parent, that says a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I can remember the discussion like it was yesterday. You know, mom and dad are in there. And we're talking about the school, whatever, whatever. And he's trying to, you know, tell the lady who's taking care of the admission, you know, this is what I want for my daughter, blase, blase. And I can remember the lady telling me, as well as mom and dad, you know, everyone, quote unquote, is on the same field. You don't know who has the money. You don't know who doesn't have money. But that was so, so, so untrue. Right. Um. Listen, I can remember days where I would go to lunch. Like you said, you didn't have to pay for lunch. Mm-hmm. You had reduced lunch. Free lunch. No. Free lunch. Excuse me. Free lunch. I'm sorry. Free lunch. Mm-hmm. Well, in private school, 
well, at least the private school that I went to, everyone had to pay for lunch. Mm. So like I said, when she said everyone is quote unquote on the same playing field, for those of us who are coming from low income, I mean, uh, uh, not, not even middle, low income households, <laughs> right. it's not it's not even benefiting us. So I can remember days where I would go to lunch, you know, have conversation with my friends, and yet say if I had five or ten dollars on me, I had to make that stretch for a period of time until for a week. Know, dad got paid to give me extra. Yeah. So think about it. You got a snack bar, you got a vending machine. All right, bet. What can I get from the vending machine? This costs a dollar. I'm about to grab that. I'm about to go to the gift store, the bookstore, the bookstore, excuse me. And okay, they got rice, rice krispie treats. Okay, I'm about to get two of those for 75 cents a piece. That's going to hold me until I get home. Mm-hmm. So things like that, that really kind of, you know, when you talk about making a dollar stretch, I learned that at a very young age. At a very long, at a very young age, so it's just those type of it's just those things that you realize. Like I, you know, even though I was dealing with all that, you know, that was the least of my worries because, of course, in my eyes, the worst was yet to come. Oh, of course, of course, of course. You know, and I would remember like watching or hearing conversations like, you know, Toya needs lunch money. Or, you know, she needs something to, you know, to put in your belly. You're already going through experiences where, you know, at home, you're not eating. There are some days where you're skipping meals, right? And so what free lunch does at a public school is it helps to supplement a meal so that you can at least have something in your system to get through the school day. Um, And having free lunch is so crucial to support those who are trying to get through an education and learn and also being nourished because it's very hard to focus when you're, when you haven't eaten anything and you know, you're dealing with food insecurity and you can't focus cause you're, you, you so hungry. You get what I'm saying? So it's like to go through that experience at home and then go into a school that is supposed to give you the best education or nobody knows that this, that, and the third is happening, but you're, you are also essentially starving. It's frustrating because it's one of those things like, Hmm, you know, this is this, I, I know for you, like you probably had, um, moments where you were thinking like, this is why I didn't want to come here because I didn't want this to be an issue. Like I get that we're trying to give me the best education, but like my sister is in public school. I can be in a public school too. Like everything is going to be all right. Um, to delve a little bit deeper into the concept of today's discussion, right? When, when certain individuals, um, our loved ones make decisions in our lives that can be harmful. Uh, let's talk about your furthering into your experience of school and what happened after that first year? Um, it's interesting. Like yeah. I said, a lot of this is bringing back a lot of memories that I start to uh, pause a minute. Just give, just give me a moment. Of course. Take your time. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like I said, you know, earlier, I was able to get um, accepted into one of the schools that I picked and my focus was going to that school mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case in my dad's eyes um, being told the reason why he does not want you to go into 
uh, a public school or this or this particular school that I was enrolled that I got accepted to was because I was a fucking nerd and that the girls at the school was going to beat my ass. So, <laughs> you know, me, like I said, telling him at that moment in time that we're going through the admission process, you know, and seeing the prices and yet me literally breaking down in the car as we're going to uh, a, a, a food link spot to get food mm-hmm. because we, we didn't have it in the house. Mm-hmm. This is not adding up to what you desire for me to have at this moment in time. Well, intentioned, and but not thought a thought through. It wasn't thought through. It wasn't thought all the way through. And you telling me that I literally cried all the way home to the point where my eyes was just out you know when you all cried out like your eyes are just so watery that mm-hmm. you can't hardly see anything mm-hmm. you know and you know fast forward yes I, I i get i get enrolled into this private school can i honestly say it was a good school yes i've experienced some uh, good things there i've learned a lot but yet that would be the only and final time that i would ever return back to that school Mhm. Mhm. So you you spent your ninth grade year at that school, and you never returned back. Not right. only did you never return back to that school, right? Um, you were prevented from returning to any other school mm-hmm. because this was the school that your parent. And my parent too, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> um, decided that you should attend. Yeah. You know, never in a million years I would have ever thought at that pinnacle moment in my life, that's that's how the cards were dealt to me. Yeah. And it hurt. It hurt. It still hurts to this day. I'm not gonna lie. Of course. Because I wonder how my life would have turned out if things were different back then. Um, looking at the different decisions that were made, and yet me being at the age of 14, little old me saying like, "Look, I don't think," you know, in my little voice telling him like, "I don't think this is the best option for us to be going for right now." I'm mm-hmm. talking about us as if we are making financial decisions together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's me being at a very young age, understanding what we were already up against home. Right. Now you are tacking on something else that is really now putting you against a wall to now work to only make a paycheck to dish it back out mm-hmm. and repeating that same process over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at a very young age, like I said, my, you know, my, my thinking about that, I wasn't even thinking about myself. I was thinking about everybody else in the household like this ain't this don't add up man what i'm seeing right now with these numbers and so to make it clear for those of you who might be a little bit confused as to you know what we're saying is toya at that time experienced going to a private education and although she push push uh push back uh, recognizing the different circumstances that our family was in, she was still forced to go. And in her ninth year, she was able to complete uh, that grade. 
but she never returned to school, period. And I know it might seem a little bit outrageous. To be honest, it was an experience that was also outrageous um, to, to witness a young Black woman go through, but also all of the different factors tied to why a decision like this was made. But it was very, oh my God, emotionally draining to say the least because she was pulled out of, well, to be honest, she wasn't pulled out out of school, but she wasn't allowed to go back because she didn't have the tuition. And so like me and her and also our mother would say, it would make the most sense instead of pulling her out of a school to um excuse me instead of her instead of keeping her in a school where you know it was very costly and we knew this to be you know a situation that would be you know hard on our finances it would make the most sense to just put her into a public school but because of our father's decision he would not budge on that he required and ruled with an iron fist that he would make do and do what he needed to do to get her enrolled, re-enrolled into that school because she needed to go to that school. And although it made no sense to us at all because it definitely wasn't in the best interest of the family, nor was it in the best interest of, um, you know, Toya as a young kid, especially looking back on it now, um, that was the decision that was made. And when you start to have a discussion about um, access, speaking up, having a voice, this was something at the time that was definitely kept under wraps. You know, we didn't have too many discussions about it. If we did have discussion about it, things were, were you know, blown up. Um, if my mother pushed back, it would be an argument. If my sister pushed back, it would be an argument. Um you know, if family would ask questions, they would kind of get like, you know, uh, how can I say like, you know, you're diver- like diverging the question, if that's the proper word that I'm using for it, right? Um, you're just like, eh, we're not going to talk about that right now. We didn't understand why that decision was made and we absolutely had no control. But what we did recognize is we were talking a lot about what was going on. So Toya, I'm going to ask you, and I know that this is a very heavy conversation, especially, you know, thinking about where your mental health was during that time and the experiences that I witnessed you go through. I just want to ask you if you can share a little bit, how did you feel in that process of like, you know, I know I described it, but I described it on the outside looking in, right? How did you feel about that process and us just being like three church mice, you know, or your mouse, right? No, mice is pearl, <laughs> plural. Um, yeah, just three church mice just sitting around um, and, and, you know, making little noise, but having to be quiet so that this secret doesn't get out. It shouldn't have been a secret, but yeah, let's talk about it. You know, can I just backtrack just for a moment? Of course. You know, like you said, this is not, this is hard to believe for maybe a lot of people who are listening, but let's just say this. Let me just clear this up right now. I can't make this up. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even try to make this up because this is my actual life that I had to, I had to deal with this at a very young age. Right. Of being taken out of school at the age of 14. I was, I was excuse me, at the age of 15. So I was turning 15 in the ninth grade and never returned back to school, any school for that matter. 
I could never, that's why I said I could never imagine that would have happened to me because from a very young age, I was always passionate about being in school. Yeah. My whole goal uh, was to become a lawyer. If anybody were to ask me what I wanted in my life to become, I wanted to become a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And to have uh, your your most precious, you know, every... Yes, every year counts, and you know, you know, every year you're elevating, so you're so you're you're progressing on to another grade. Now you're tacking on more things. Um, but for me personally, I think anybody can contest to that too. That your most precious years are your high school years. Yes. Because you're building uh, who you are as an individual. Um, you are hopefully, you know, getting ready for your uh, LSAT or SATs. You are getting ready to uh, prep yourself for uh, admission into colleges. You know, you're picking out the colleges you want to attend. You know, and and for for one, you know, your 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 junior and senior prom. Right. I never experienced any of that. Mm-hmm. So mentally, you know, as as you know, as time progressed on, I thought it was going to only be for a short period of time right. until we got the money for the tuition. Right. A uh, short period of time ended up maybe six or eight months. I bet I can I can still tolerate that. And as time goes on, we're getting into a year. Okay, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to be home just sitting here doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my mental health. I I went into I went into the depression. I went into just a, a, a deep depression. I can remember every day that I come home, and yet the discussion will always be. For me personally, when I want to get back to school, to the point where I'm, I'm literally in tears talking about this. Like, listen, let mom put me back into a, like let mom put not, not back let mom put me into a, a a public school. And like you said earlier, our father ruled with a iron fist, and him being the only income in the household, thinking that he can be the only one to have a say so, and that wasn't the case. The communication that took place between mom and dad during that duration of time, uh, it was back and forth, back and forth, like you said, argument because, you know, mom wanted to enroll me into um, uh, uh, to a public school and yet he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't budging. So let's, let's take some space for that really quickly because that was one of the most toxic spaces to live in during that time it it was almost beyond a uh, iron fist right because some people will sit here and they would be like well why didn't your mother have the backbone to say no I'm putting my foot down my child is being impacted and harmed by this like essentially this is truancy if we really want to if we really want to talk about it which is you know intentionally unjustified unauthorized or an illegal quote unquote absence from education for no good reason your child is missing missing school because you have an idea of having her go to this school because this is what you want and financially you can't afford it so instead of having her have an education you're purposefully taking her education away from her and the precious time she has to learn because you want her in this particular school. That's sick. If we're really talking about it, it's sick. And 
that experience of being so controlling and experiencing that as essentially abuse was challenging because when those conversations would come up where you would ask, shit would hit the fan. In those conversations where mom would speak up or attempt to speak up, she was essentially silenced. And me witnessing it was very uneasy because it's just like, it didn't make logical sense because at that time I was in a public school. You have one child who's not in a public school. The only reason why you're doing this to this particular child is to fuel whatever ego or idea you have in your mind about what it means for this child to be here. And like you said previously, there was a co-worker who had their child enrolled. So it could have been a situation of, of, you know, trying to keeping up an image or saying, you know, I can afford to have this or my daughter goes here, you know, especially one being a black man, two being poor, um, three and recognizing what it means to have certain, um, (sighs) certain, you you know, what, what it means to represent success, but that it was completely unacceptable and none of us spoke up about it out of fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It went years. I mean, uh, uh, it was three years. It went, it went three years and then longer after the fact. Um, because you think about it now, I'm 18. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have high school education. What I'm going to do now? And I'm not knocking anybody who has ever had to go for a GED. Yeah. That was my first option to get. Yeah, you were forced into that situation because your education was robbed from you. So the hardest thing to to unravel is, is, you know, I kind of, a lot of that stuff does play back in my mind because it's like, yo, what was the mental capacity of what you were thinking about that Mm -hmm. this was okay for, Mm for your child to be out of school? And not only that, for one, just looking at not only the financial problems but communication um the uh the mental drainage the depression you know Mm -hmm. even to the point where you know you have suicidal thoughts because you know i can remember you know you guys being asleep at night and i'm literally downstairs uh in the dining room uh sitting and just bawling yeah like praying like listen like lord like i I need to be graduating with my class like something gotta get you know like this is not what i had in mind uh, I, I, to look back at it now to know that no child should be you know you know we can all say what we want but there's there's so many dark secrets that I think every black family has mm-hmm. that people are just constantly covering up, covering up, covering up. And it got to a point where you, we just couldn't cover up no more. Yeah. When you act, when you being asked, okay, so when we get graduation tickets, you know, who's coming to your graduation? What graduation? And, you know, it kind of, it kind of became annoying that people kept asking me about how school was going because mm-hmm. I'm lying through my teeth just to protect what was really killing me inside? What was really causing me so much, de- so much depression? What mm-hmm. was causing me 
the mental breakdowns, mental shutdowns, and yet constantly coming to mom. I know mom was probably pulling her hair out like, my Lord, like, this is just ridiculous. But yet, when you have somebody who is so gung-ho about being, having their child in a private school, I, 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 I can't, I can't grasp what was the reasoning behind that because that discussion was never had. Yeah. You know, it, it's quite interesting because it was tied with mom, right? I think as we got a little bit older and once the truth came out to certain family members, um, having the discussion with mom, in many ways, we were all victimized, right? Her as a wife not having a voice, you as a child having your education robbed from you, and me witnessing the harm and not being able to do anything about it or say anything about it, even though there were moments where as I was catching up and learning things in school, I was trying to teach you what I knew because it just felt like there was no way you were going to get back into school in a timely manner. And that is something that is really challenging for any family to go through. And yes, you did obtain your GED. And yes, you did do amazing. And yes, you went on to um, pursue your college education and get your degree. Um, However, in many ways, the decision that was made on behalf of our father stifled growth. And this is a very important part of today's conversation about how sometimes decisions are made that we don't understand, that we may never have the answer to, that may be frustrating. And a lot of it may be rooted in, you know, people's ideas of success um, and what looks right to them, um, egos, because egos can definitely, you know, shape our experiences, um, but also perception, and mental health, those are huge things that tend to impact people's lives. And when I look at your story, Toya, um, I look at it as all of those things and then some, you know. And still to this day, um, I definitely think it has created a barrier with the relationships that we possibly can have because we can sit down and have a conversation about what we've experienced. And mom can say that she's sorry you know, and that she wished she would have done more or, you know, uh, she wished she had much more, m- more, just more drive to overcome, you know, her fear or worrying about what would happen to the household if she put her foot down, right? And like with you being able to forgive mom, but there's still an issue with the person who has not been able to come forward or even speak about what is going on. It changes a lot. Because this is when when education is disrupted, um, and you know they talk about social mobility all the time, and like how social mobility for those who are of all of low income, it is very challenging for us to overcome things when we have our education robbed robbed from us. Um, it's just it's hard to take in. It's hard to take in because we still don't have answers, you know. And, you know, um, I don't think those answers will be will be given. Yeah. Because you have someone who um, 
is not willing to be open to discuss things that has caused trauma. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny, like you said, you know, you know, we go from finances, but yeah, so deeply how it can take you down a rabbit hole. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, and I, and for me, you know, dealing with what was taken away due to lack of, you know, I, I don't, the discussion has not been had. Like you said, mom, you, you know, we've all sat down and spoke about things that has really caused a lot of hurt, yeah. a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, mom being so transparent to discuss the things that has taken place and, you know, every year you're thinking that you're about to go back to school and yet every year you're disappointed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you see your friends, you know, uh, in their school clothes, got their books and whatever have you, and you just looking out the window. And I literally would do that every single day. So I um I ha- I have uh I'm blessed where I'm at right as of right now, but a lot of that still 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 you know it still bothers me because like I said you know you wonder where your life would have been if things were different back then. Mhm. Mhm. And how it has been a entire process for you to overcome the challenges that you've had to face. It's been a lot. And um, I'm blessed to still have you here, you know, um, very blessed. And I'm very blessed that we've come to a part within our healing journey that we can share our stories, you know, because there are, there are some people all across this world right now um, who might be experiencing trauma based on the decision of a parent. And some of you might sit here and say, well, how did this correlate to, to finances? When you're 18 and you graduate with your GED and then you go to school and then you land a job position, it's taking you longer to be able to access coins, right? And build money where you're not like, damn it, not only am I making money now, but now I got to help you out. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The same person who caused me harm, you know, you start to think things like that, or you start to be frustrated because the, uh, the progress, you know, you would, you desire to have, it's not going as quickly as you imagine because you've had all of these roadblocks. So this is, this is a very important discussion, but more so than that, really giving light to the realities that can happen when some things go unsaid, unheard, and are silenced. It can really kill the foundation of a family. So we we talked a lot and we said a lot and I know that it might not make sense for, you know, some people or it might make sense and people might want more, you know, deeper details. That's something that I definitely think we can save for a later later episode or perhaps written articles and and stories that will be shared. Um anywho, but right now I think it's important to leave this politicking segment on a positive note and I think it's time to um 
complete this episode entirely because it's it's so heavy, right? So I want you, Toya, to provide some tips for individuals who might be dealing with a similar situation with their family member, whether it be a parent, whether it be somebody who is just, you know, their guardian, um, whether it be somebody who somehow, some way is interfering with their progress or whether it's school, whether it's um, their individual finances, whether it's trying to unpack and get support for, you know, the goals that they have. What advice do you have for somebody who is facing similar or exact circumstances um, that you face as a child growing up? I think the most important thing that that I want to say first is, um, you know, understanding it as of now, me being an adult, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, what my father tried to give me was the best. And it just the 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 finances and everything just quite didn't uh, uh, add up to what he needed to make sure that I, I I went the whole the whole duration for that period of time. So um, I just think you know when it comes down to anything in life that that us as kids you know may feel that we need to address, be strong enough to address it. I think what we have to get over as a community is uh, shutting off things, mm-hmm. especially when it comes from your kids. Because a lot of times as parents, you don't see what your child sees. Right. And I think at that moment in time in my life, as a young 14-year-old, seeing what I was already seeing before we got to that point of making a huge decision that I knew in my young eyes, okay, this is not this is not beneficial for us as a whole. Mm-hmm. I, I need to speak up. I just want, you know, just to speak up. You know, the hardest thing is, you know, even with the type of person my father is, you know, really strong, stronghold on a lot of things. But yet, to being able to, to to stand up and say, listen, you know, I just think maybe we should just discuss some things. And be involved in that conversation. I think a lot of times us as kids, especially in the black community, we get taken out of a lot of things that we see from a perspective, like I said, that our parents don't see. Because we've always been told kids should be seen and not heard. Which a lot of times I think about it like, yo, a lot of things that people would say back in the day, like as kids growing up, you know, we have a discussion as we're older now, like, yo, you know, there was a lot of things that I noticed as a kid that wasn't quite right. And I just didn't say anything because I was told I, I, I wasn't supposed to. And so you I know, really want us. Oh, go, go ahead, go, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I don't want to cut you off. No, I just want just to, just to be transparent, you know, even at a young age. And yet even just, just not saying that you're trying to get in your parents' business, but just speaking up on things in a way that they will be able to understand where you're coming from. Child, listen, um, and, and you know, one of the things that I wanted to add on to what you're saying is sometimes, especially within the black community, it can become very violent when kids start to speak up or go against the adult. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Why are you coming into grown folks business? This is not your place. This is not your place. This is not your place. And we silence kids. Um, 
you know, sometimes we pay, play on their intelligence. Uh, they become gaslit. And this is something that is not just pertinent to our community, but it hurts our community in a, a, a bigger way because society is already silencing us and telling us that certain things that we see, that's not what it is, right? We have certain experience when we experience it, when we experience micro and macro aggressions, you know, or the very first time you become politicized when you're recognizing certain things that's happening to you and people are calling you crazy because they're like, no, this is not what it is. Like kids see shit, whether we like it or not, the reality is they see shit and they catch on. And if it's something that they feel the urgency to talk about, I think in order for us to move on when we're talking about intergenerational healing, it's important for us to listen, listen to what the kids are monitoring, listen to what the kids are feeling, listen to them being able to be heard because they are people and they do have feelings because when they get older and they start putting the pieces together about the things that they've went through, the things that they've seen, what they've overcome, what they had support with, what they didn't have support with, that can definitely shift the dynamics moving forward. Yes. Well, on that note, buddy, I sincerely want to thank you for sharing the story, and I appreciate the fact that You ended it on a positive note, but I also want you to recognize that you don't have to protect anything that has harmed you. Period. You know, the, <laughs> you know that's the hardest thing yeah. to, to really get over as an adult is to feel like you're hurting someone else. But if it's a part of your story, speak your truth. Yeah. Well, I look forward to unpacking more conversations with you as my bean-headed ass sister, as I love to say. Actually, <laughs> I think I'm more of the bean-head than you are because my head is bigger. Does that make sense? We have to figure out different shapes. Anywho, <laughs> I just want to thank you so much for unpacking. This has been an amazing episode probably top five in the most transparent episodes, maybe number one in terms of transparency. Well, I'll put this after like broken, depressed, right? Um, yeah. Because that was a really transparent episode, but I'm I'm so sure that someone will be able to connect with this, heal, and, you know, be able to get to a space where they're able to talk about what they've been through as a way to help other people, but also to move forward, move forward because that matters. So if you like this episode of the Broke Black Bougie podcast, please be sure to visit www.brokeblackbougie.com. Once again, that's www.brokeblackbougie.com. Follow us on Instagram at Broke Black Bougie. That's it. That's at Broke Black Bougie. And be sure to like us on Facebook. Oh, and if you have a question, thought, you know, any suggestions, please be sure to send a message in a bottle, baby. No, I'm just kidding. But no, please be sure to uh, send an email to info at brokeblackbougie.com. Thank you.